Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to Feel Better with Tara Styles. I'm Tara Styles. Welcome to the show. Yay. All right. Today, I'm kind of admitting I haven't read a parenting book yet. <laughs> I've been avoiding them big time in my own parenting journey, but I broke that, for whatever reason, unconscious habit to read an actually pretty awesome parenting book that's going beyond how to do this, how not to do that, those rigid rules that for me just feel like, ah, another thing to do. So this book is called The Yoga of Parenting, and it's by an awesome gal that I met recently who I kind of know through friends of friends of friends, but I'm getting to know more and more, and she's really, really awesome. You're going to love her. Her name's Sarah Ezrin. Here's the book. It's great. And I'm reading it, and I'm thinking... This is so funny. Of course, synchronicity. She talks about the breath. She talks about ease. She talks about all of the things that I try to do in my own practice and in my own relationship with Daisy and Mike and all of you and everyone that I meet, really. And of course, it's never perfect, but it's a practice. So I love her approach. In this book, The Yoga of Parenting, it's not um, a sort of made-up approach. It's not rigid. It's at least what I'm grasping so far about creating space, creating that pause, taking that breath before a big reaction happens internally and externally. And I think it's really relatable, whether you're a parent or a person in the world doing your thing. So let's get into it with Sarah Ezrin. Enjoy, and I'll see you soon. All right. So, Miss Sarah Ezrin, I'm so excited about your book. And we were just talking, and I threw myself under the bus a bit. And it's really easy because I've never read a parenting book kind of on purpose. So I met you, and I kind of know about you for a long time. But I started reading your book, and I just kept reading and diving in and going, oh my gosh, this feels so exciting because there's so much to learn and practice. And like you were saying earlier, this permission, the pause, the breath. So can you just tell me how you went from yourself as doing these things and and becoming a mom and then thinking, okay, I'm going to write the yoga of parenting. Boom. <laughs> like, how did this happen? <laughs> Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on here. You know, I, I greatly admire you. And like I just told you right now, I mean, every conversation we've had so far has been so much fun. So I'm I'm just really excited to dive in on this and that we get to share it. But I also need to know how you read a parenting book by accident, <laughs> because you said you've never read one on purpose. How do you read one by accident? Well, by accident, I feel like I, I feel like I met you, you know, kind of synchronicity maybe because I'm reading it and I'm thinking, 
you have these little words that I, maybe they're like my sign words or my clue words or ever. You're like, pause. I'm like, yes, I love that. You know, like breathe. <laughs> and and it's not just breathe, but then how you say like permission. And then, and then even your friends that were yoga teachers, you talked about them sharing yoga. And that's like a huge thing that I've always mm. loved too. So just this, this real kind of, you know, not guru student structure of yoga that we've all kind of been a part of too, but this real kind of real yoga that we all feel when the yoga feels like us. So I think it, you know, reading your book is a little bit of a very much happy accident for sure. But, you know, I really need to know like how you, because there's so many parenting books and there's so many yoga books and, and this one's really needed because it's, it's really, like you said, open, but there is so much information on how you can make your life just simply feel better and your parenting mm-hmm. and your your family life and harmony and you know all the things. Well, I read parent many parenting books on purpose. Many, <laughs> many parenting. I read every parenting book that you possibly could because I'm an A-type and I was like, I'm gonna nail this birth and I'm gonna nail this parenting thing, which you know, any parent listening, you know, please you, you know you're even dog owners, right? If you're trying to care for another human that's out of your control as a caretaker. Um, and and what ended up happening is, you know, everything didn't, you know, went completely differently than I had planned, you know, starting with the birth. And then, you know, obviously the pandemic hit. My son was only three months old when all the shutdowns happened. I ended up having very severe postpartum anxiety, like to the point where I was like frozen, couldn't function, couldn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to books for solace because that's what I always did. I would go to mm-hmm. yoga books for solace and I would go to psychology books for solace. And I went to parenting books and they all made me feel worse. Mm-hmm. And so many of them like were like what you were saying, which was that they were rule-based, right? Or, or they were very behaviorally focused on, on the child and I really needed something for me. And then the parenting books, there was a couple that really spoke to me that were mindful parenting, but all mm. that's from the Buddhist perspective. Mm. So there's like a great book called Buddhism for Young Mothers, which I loved. But I was like, where's the where's our book, right? Like, where's <laughs> our language? And, you know, I want to use the term tapas when I'm explaining something. And, you know, like, let's look at it from a tantric lens or from, you know, some some of Patanjali's languaging. And even though there's obviously great crossover, right? Buddha was was born, you know, a yogi. Um, that it's I just wanted to, you know, perhaps have a different vernacular to offer people, and also the physical part of it too. Because I think as much as I'm like shying away from the physical practice these days, and I'm just being fully honest about that to everybody, as scary as that is to say, um, I think the poses are such a gateway into these concepts. And, you know, you can learn so much in your body that you can then bring into your parenting and bring into your behavior. So that was kind of how it all came to be was, Mm -hmm. you know, once I started to get the proper help for my severe anxiety and things started to feel a little bit more settled and I was cobbling together my team and my village of what Mm -hmm. I needed. One of the things that I needed was was a yoga and parenting book. I couldn't Mm -hmm. really find one anywhere. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go to all the experts and create it. Oh, thank you for doing that. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> now we have this. I feel like it's 
you know, the, the what to expect when you're expecting and then the yoga parents <laughs> right there. Thank you. There you go. Even oh that gosh. book, right? That book is, is like a bit I controversial these days. <laughs> yeah. That, even that one is like, I, cause I, you know, I study with a prenatal teacher here in LA, Jane, Jane Austen or in LA, I'm not in LA anymore. I'm in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, Jane Austen. And you know, they, there's like a joke, like don't read that book. Right. Mm. I mean, it's like, and yet it's the text that everybody hands you and mm. you know, it's, yeah. I mean, where's the real talk, right? And and I think that was where the permission side of it came in too. Is that was the other thing is I would read books that you know were mindful parenting or conscious parenting, but they were all like buttoned up solutions. It was like mm. this is the story, and this teenager you know started ditching school and taking drugs, and then the dad and mom came to see me, and we had a conversation, mm. and then they had a conversation, and now the kid is fine. And it's like that's not reality. <laughs> Like, sorry, yeah. coming from, you know, a, a history of alcoholism and, and addiction and mental health, like, it's not a buttoned up solution. There is no one size fits all. So how do you create a resource for people to help them find their own answers mm. and to just really be the container for them to, to normalize, it, you know, whatever it is that they're going through and whatever they need in that moment? Mm. Awesome. Can you talk if you're comfortable? Um, a little bit about your kind of past growing up. You know, you mentioned it in the book a little bit, like being in therapy since a young child and working through all of that. And, you know, so much of that resonated with me. And I know so many other people that we don't want to repeat what happened in our households. And, you know, I can kind of look back a few generations you know, and have forgiveness for my folks, knowing their folks and knowing their folks and being like, well, it does keep getting better. Progress is happening. But, you know, I, I love our mutual friend, Zibby Owens's tagline, mm -hmm. stories are best when shared. And when you were sharing your story, it really hit me like, oh, this is so healing and nice to be reminded that it's not just about making these good choices and doing these practices, but really understanding where you're coming from maybe as an author, but, you know, as readers understanding where we're coming from in even making these choices to try to parent in a more mindful way or have a better relationship with ourselves in that process. So do you mind explaining maybe a little bit of your own story or maybe a little bit of your kind of hope or wish for us as readers to have that reflection on, you know, what the heck happened to us and how do we yeah. want to make it better moving forward? I, it's it's so challenging because, you know, I, I I don't I feel bad when I come on and I'm like, and then this happened and this, you know, and it's like, but I but there was also so much love. And it's exactly like what you say, like when you look back at like how my parents were raised, well, like no wonder there was, you know, this, this and this. So, it, you know, it all makes sense. And all we can do is continue to improve every generation. Um, I will say that there was there was a baseline of love and connection, but there was a lot of disconnection. And, you know, I, I like I mentioned, there was a lot of alcoholism and drug addiction going on and betrayal. And when I was eight years old, I started to act out, you know, as is common for a kid that's in this chaos. Um, also, I had siblings. All my siblings are much older than me, 10 mm -hmm. to 15 years older. And so they were being kicked out and mm. into rehab and out of rehab. It was, it was a really chaotic time. And I started to act out and I became what's called the identified patient or the mm. identified child, which is that the, the little kid is acting out and the, the adults are who are really acting out. 
but the little kid is acting in response and suddenly everybody focuses on the little kid Mm. and, you know, puts all of the energy into that. So I ended up actually getting misdiagnosed as bipolar. Mm. I was put on a slew of meds at a very young age, but the benefit of all of this is that it got my entire family into therapy. Everybody Mm. started to see a therapist and everybody started to be interested in the self-inquiry work. And, you know, even though it took a few years of, you know, not being on the right meds and then finally meeting a the, the therapist that got me off everything and started to teach me meditation and was like, no, she's just highly anxious, like very different. I couldn't have gotten to that place were it not for the, the misunderstanding and the misdiagnosis before. Do you know what I mean? I don't mm. think... And I don't think we would have been ready for me to see a therapist that was teaching me visualization meditation at 12 had I not already been with these more harsher kind of Freudian, you know, my dad was in like analysis, right? Where you like lay on the couch for, you know, three hours a day for six days a week. And and I, I, ha- I do believe that all those things kind of had to happen to get us to the points that we were. And then we did a lot of healing work over the years. I mean, you know, people continued to get sober and then go out and, you know, or, um, you know, when go out, it's like what they say in the program, like, you know, then they would, they would not be sober and, mm. you know, have a slip in recovery. And that continued for a while. But around my early 20s, everything started to finally stabilize. And it gave my family this beautiful opportunity to come together and to look back on what was going on, to really do major healing work and therapy. And it created this new beautiful chapter for all of us where I feel like we're in a much more, you know, real and authentic place. Um, and, you know, it it was that starting over and those moments of forgiveness that inform my parenting now. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to mess up, right? I mean, I already have many times I'm going to mess up. I, you know... I, I mean, who knows, right? What kind, how the, the, gra- the gravity of, of the mess up or the brevity of it. But I hope that I too will have the wherewithal to be able to come to the other side of it for mm-hmm. all of us to get grounded, to be able to look at what the benefits of those things are and to be able to learn from them. So it's not, you know, it's tempting, right? To be like, well, this happened to me and this happened. And then you're in the victim role and you're blaming your parents. But what are you all learning from those things and what are the benefits? And then how can you also bring that kind of a lens into your into your parenting too? Wow. That's super cool that you all kind of got through it together. They must be really proud of you. For, were they kind of freaked out about you writing this book and exposing their lives a little bit? Or were they just like, yay, good for you, Well, Sarah. I don't know if you know, my dad, is a, my, my dad is a record producer. So he, you know, he's got thousands of interviews, hours mm. of interviews out there. And he's really open about like cool. his drug abuse and when he quit. And, um, you know, he was like in the rock, the early days of rock, he was 19 and he had a gold record, you know? Wow. Uh, so like, he's very open about that. That's what that was. And then my mom was also, my mom has passed. My, my, mm. my, my mom um, passed on, uh, in 2010, but before she passed, she was really deep in the recovery program, always very open about mm. her, you know, everything. Like we've just been kind of, you know, a, a, an open family mm. uh, when it comes to that. But yeah, I don't know if they know, like, I mean, I don't even think it's gotten that deep, some of the stuff, but I do wonder sometimes I'm like, has he even read it? Like, does he know? He did. I did give him a chapter to read when I was first working on the book. And he was like, that's not how it went. And like, you know, total revisionist history. And I was like, 
exactly how it went. So there's definitely a little bit of that, but you know, again, it's all learning and, and I, I, I use the stories to show all of our growth and to show the many gifts that come out of growing up in uncertainty and the truths of, you know, living with alcoholism and addiction and mental illness and, Mm. you know, uh, the, the beautiful gifts that can come on the other side of all of those experiences. Oh, it's amazing. It really is hopeful. And I love the perspective of learning and improving and growing. And I know just hearing you say that really reminds me of all the things that I'm kind of in the middle of in my own life now. And instead of being like, oh, I got to go do that thing. I got to go help my mom with that thing. It's like, what can I learn from this situation and, you know, do my best to to make it a healing process as well. So I think, you know, this book goes beyond when I was reading a little bit more this morning, goes beyond parenting, you know, from my perspective, mother to child to, you know, maybe it's because you have all of this really rich family history and healing, but I was thinking of my own mom and the relationship Mm. with her too. So I really think it's, you know, the yoga of parenting, everyone. (laughs) New subtitle. My goodness. But um, it's like parenting yourself, the parenting your parents, the yes, absolutely the parenting (laughs) your partner that, you know, it's all of those things. I love that. Yeah. No, thanks for that too, because uh, Mike had 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 this whole moment this morning and he thinks that he lost Daisy's iPad, which is like for him, like, (laughs) oh my gosh, what are we going to do? She's doing this like learning game on it. She's going to stagnate in her reading. And he thinks that he put it on top of the car and drove off. And normally Uh (laughs) I would just like flip out on him. And he's like, I already put another one in the cart. And I'm like, just chill. It'll be okay. And he's like, why are you being so chill about it? I'm like, what else are we going to do? I'm reading The Yoga of Parenting by Sarah (laughs) Esmond right now. (laughs) Feeling very, taking that breath, taking that pause. And you have so many good um, prompts in this, this, uh, this taking the breath, taking the pause. And I like it because I feel like I come at it on the other side and I could use more of what you're sharing. I feel like I do a lot of the self-care and the breathing and the the moving and the practice myself. So like I build up that bank a little bit. So then when I'm doing all the hard things, I can manage it. So mm-hmm. I need a little bit more of what you're describing, which is right in the middle of, you know, you describe that moment where you're, was it your son threw a water, like a st- stainless steel water bottle and you're like, not going to freak out, but you like took, took a breath with him. And I'm like, well, that's pretty, you know, evolved. I probably, oh, no, 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 no. You missed the first part where I even admit to grabbing his arm <laughs> and taking him into the other room and like about to be like, what are you through? It was a three week old baby. And he picked mm. up this like gigantic water bottle <laughs> and threw it. I couldn't believe it. I made it. And there was many, many, uh, murder attempts after that between the brothers. It continues to this day. Now I'm just like, oh, you know, just push him into the wall, not the glass. Mm. <laughs> it becomes very different. But no, it was not evolved. What you know, it just was l- later as we were both kind of, you know, as I was trying to co-regulate with him. But no, do not worry. I yeah, I was just talking to someone today who I'm potentially interviewing, and they're they said they've never yelled at their kids and they were never wow. yelled at growing up. And I'm like, ah, you know, I don't relate to that. And I <laughs> And and I'm dying to know my, my question is going to be, well, then is anger an acceptable emotion in your home? Mm. Because, you know, there is there are benefits to anger and anger, yep. anger, you're we're allowed to feel angry. It's how we utilize it. Right. But mm. anger is like an activating emotion. It leads mm. to it can lead to change and 
Um, so it's just really interesting, you know, and yes, no worry that not at all. Am I enlightened? I, I'm sure I yelled at someone this morning and, uh, you know, it's all, it's all part of it, but how do you come back together at the mm-hmm. other side and how do you own your part in that? Cause, cause, you know, I mean, going back to my family, there was a lot of explosive anger, but there was no apologizing. Mm-hmm. There was no taking responsibility for the adult side of it. The mm-hmm. children were made to feel like they did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Where if I, you know, I didn't meditate this morning and I snapped Mm. at my husband and I snapped at my kids and I, you know, I've apologized to everybody and Mm. I explained, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't meditate this morning. You know, I didn't have any alone time yet. And, and this is why I had an expectation, you know, I talked Mm. it through with them. So I feel like that's going to be almost more beneficial than either just skating Mm. on the surface and not really going underneath of what's deep or obviously, you know, that more authoritarian, which is what we were all raised in, which was just like yell and, you know, you're the kid, you're wrong automatically. Yeah. What books were our parents reading? I mean, gosh. Dr. Spock, dude. Dr. (laughs) Spock, (laughs) which was literally like, to, everything was very distanced. I mean, mm. it's it's true, true, right? It was like it was the the Ferber method and Doctor <laughs> Spock, and you know, kids are kids should be over there and be you know quiet. And it, it's, I mean, it's one of the reasons I think that our generation is as exhausted as mm. we are and burnt out as we are as parents because there's a level of attunement and ownership and presence and accountability that comes with being a parent in today's age if you, if that's the path you choose mm-hmm. right in the wellness in you know being a seeker that but it's exhausting to be like constantly present and owning what you're doing right it's much easier for me to just be like i, I you know put your shoes on cuz i said so <laughs> than for me to like get down Wait, what's going on? Why, why, you know, we're running a little late, but I understand. (laughs) Like, that's much harder. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And more exhausting, but, you know, the lasting effects are well, well worth it, obviously. Oh, my gosh. All right. So that's incredible. <laughs> so another question around... And this is just a selfish question, and I'm 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 going to do that more in the moment. I'm big on apology with 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 Daisy and with Mike too. And Mike doesn't say he's sorry, but I think he's more like I read something recently about the Dutch and how they they say they're sorry, but only when they've done something wrong. And I kind of just say sorry if anybody's done anything mm-hmm. wrong, like just to it's, let's for talk other about, people. So you're you know, apolo- you apologize for him, uh, yeah, for everybody. <laughs> but you know, maybe I just need to get into therapy about that, but. but but how do you work on um with this yoga parenting lens this you know moving into the direction that you need to move on like with with little things with with her i mean i have to I have to create something at some point otherwise like the demand will just be ridiculous like this morning mike had a tai chi zoom and i'm pushing her on the swing and I'm trying to, you know, knit at the same time. And she's like, stop knitting because you're not giving me attention. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I stopped knitting. And then it's sort of like, make sure you look out for the neighbor boys to come. And it's like the list of demands, like 
just keep going up and I could, you know, keep up with them. But I was even telling her, I'm like, I'm reading my friend's book. And she's talking about like, you know, like having this more mindful approach and, and, you know, maybe we need to figure out a way where I give you all these things and you do get all these things from me. But at a certain point, you know, where, where, how do you create that? Okay. You can't have another lollipop. You can't do this. You can, like that's dangerous. Or even like, we can't do that right now you know, because I don't feel like it in a way, not, not that I would say that or try not to say that, but it's just not going to happen right now. So how do you, how do you do this, Sarah? (laughs) Oh my God, girl, I have like no problem setting (laughs) limits in this household. We have no problem with that. I think the, the conversation we have to pull out a little bit and Mm -hmm. talk about different styles of parenting. So like when we're referring to the houses many of us were grown grew up in when we were you know living in the 80s and the, and the early 90s that that would be considered more of what's called an authoritarian home where it's like my way or the highway not really checking in with your kids to see what they need in that moment you know obviously providing food and shelter maybe a tiny string of love but then i think what you're referring to <laughs> is like what ended up happening you know in mm-hmm. the like in in you know early 2000s or whatever which was you know the permissive almost helicopter parent mm-hmm. where everything was given and you know there are no rules there's tons of connection which is wonderful and that creates you know fantastic long-term self-esteem and the ability to have interpersonal relationships but because they don't have that, like, you know, the limit and the container, it can also lead to those feelings of out of control. There can be regulation issues in the long run. And this is all, this is all in the parenting, you know, mm-hmm. psychology research. But what we need to find is the middle ground, which mm-hmm. is the authoritative style, which, you know, when you go on like TikTok, you're looking up like gentle parenting, conscious parenting, pause. Like it seems like there's literally like thousands. Mm. Most of those are going to fall in that middle section. Empathic parenting, which is a mix of the connection piece for sure, but also definitely the limits, right? Mm. There, there has to be the limits. And in those kids end up, you know, the long-term results of that are phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. And because they they have the interpersonal skills from the connection, they have the mood regulation from the connection, but they also you know, have their, their own personal limit setting. There's less risk-taking behavior mm-hmm. when they get older. There's a lot more, um, you know, regulation when it comes to mood, which I think I already said. So it's, it's like that sweet spot of like, you know, no, I am doing this right now. And the other thing too, is like the boundaries of, of our time and their time and what we need to do right now and what they need to do. Um, you know, I think you have every right to be like, I'm going to knit right now and you can do this right now. (laughs) You know, I mean, absolutely. But, you know, having the conversation and then knowing maybe it's a day she really needs you. That's mm-hmm. the day, you know, you, you put it down and you're with her more, but you can't do that 24 seven, right? That's not, uh, that's not sustainable for parents to be fully invested to that level. People yeah, do it. But, uh, you know. This is why we all need <laughs> your book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm really lucky because I have Mike and, you know, when I get to the exhaustion point, we just switch and then sometimes mm-hmm. there's school, but now it's summer. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm definitely, um, uh, you know, needing needing a lot of work on that, but but also enjoying the the time. But let's talk about if it's okay with you the practices because I think this is really so helpful for all of us to think of our you know whether it's our yoga time and I read your article in in the in Zibby Mag as well and it was cool because it was like was it like four things 
to do yoga that will help with your parenting that aren't actually yoga. And I was like, this girl's rad. (laughs) So it's not just about, you know, in your practice and you do have physical practices here. I love the, like this restorative stuff, especially I did that after reading a little bit this morning, like Sarah says to just lie on the ground. And so I did that. I'm like, that was really good. I never would have done that just on my own. But can you share a bit about the the practices that we can do, whether it's physical or others, other things that can help with all of this. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Cause I feel like, isn't your style very like grounded and liquid yeah, yeah. and like, yeah, I feel like you're on the ground. That's like, you know, you're, that's, I feel like you're more on the ground than like me with my Ashtanga background or I'm like, okay, Tadasana, <laughs> jump, do this. Um, you know, I, I think we have to go back to defining what yoga is or how we explain what it is. And like you and I know, because you know, we've, we've read the books and, you know, we've studied philosophy that the asana practice is just like this tiny, 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 tiny sliver in the whole lineage and, you know, umbrella of practices. But I think a lot of people just, when you say the word yoga, they automatically assume, you know, the physical postures, but meditation, mantra, prayer, um, you know, I mean, you could argue for dance, right? If it's, mm-hmm. you know, ecstatic dance or, you know, think of this, the Sufis spinning, you know, really anything that that brings you into that place of connection and of oneness, I, I feel like could be considered yoga. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I talked to someone recently that was like, no, yoga must be trikonasana. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, I don't know. Or at least maybe that's just what I'm telling myself now. It's like my body is broken and I'm like postpartum and <laughs> can't do the physical practice in the same way, but I just don't have the same interest in the physical part of it. Now I still move my body, right? I still like, I'll go for a hike. I'll go like, do like, I do like hit training. Like, mm. I think we talked about this before. I yeah, do like, yeah. <laughs> I do like F45 or the class, you know, I'll do that kind of stuff. But when it comes to my, my yoga and my meditation, I like to be quiet on a cushion or I mm. like to be breathing with my son, or I like to be practicing mantra and all of those things, you know, the, 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 they all are yoga. So it's mm-hmm. like that redefinition of, of what it is. And the coolest part is that as busy parents, those are all things we can do at any time. I can always, I drop the kids off and took a few breaths in the car. Mm. You know, I can practice mantra when my intrusive thoughts are kicking in, Mm. you know, it's like those really scary random thoughts that you get, especially around, you know, your kids. And, you know, how wonderful that like, I don't have to unroll my mat and do like a full on, you know, two hour practice anymore. I I do miss it. But it's just yeah, it's just such a different time right now. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like I've always been a lazy yoga practitioner that's like kept me doing it all the time because I just I only do what feels nice for me and I'm like if it doesn't feel like it's it's if it's too challenging I'm just not gonna do it (laughs) I mean I'll do it but like in a soft way so no but I love I love those moments yeah that's the ultimate advanced practice right like you're listening to your body and you're doing what feels good and you're tapping into that I mean that's why your classes are so like it's like you know water right it's just so beautiful and the movement of it so, you know, you know, versus like those of us that like forced ourselves into these kind of harsher, more austere practices for years on end, you know, body be darned, like, you know, you're having like screaming sensations. But I feel like now my practice is much more intuitive. And I think my parenting is what initiated mm. that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I feel like we all shake down to the same stuff in so many different ways at some point. So, oh, my gosh. Uh I want to ask also with 
kids and, you know, you as a parent, but also as a yoga teacher, how do you, what are your thoughts on leading yoga with kids, doing yoga with kids, teaching kids yoga? What are your, what do you think about all that? Well, I am, I say all the time, I am not a kid's yoga teacher. I mm. like, I have somebody asked if I wanted to teach like kids meditation. I was like, no, nope, not really. <laughs> That's, I think it's a very special skill. Uh, you know, it's like beginners teachers, right? Like I mm. think there's just, there's just, it's, it's an art form and uh, it's, it's not my personal skill. That being said, I love it for the kids. Mm. I think it's, it's amazing. And I watch my sons, you know, when they do it, or, you know, there's all the YouTube stuff now, or, um, I'm a local gal here. Jocelyn K. Levy has We Yogi's Play, which is like Mm. a brick and mortar space that they can go to. Like, I love watching that with them. And I think, you know, anytime that you have this opportunity for connection and movement and you're doing it together, because, Mm. you know, they're not in there to learn like how to ground their big toe down, you know, Mm -hmm. they're in there when you're in there with with them and you're accompanying them as a parent, you're in there to to be connecting to one another. Mm. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the ultimate benefit of it. Prenatal or sorry, pardon, postnatal yoga, right? Like the baby is a blob on the floor. Mm. Like, you know, they're not actually doing the poses necessarily, maybe you stretch them a little bit, but really you're doing the practice to have a deeper connection with them to be in this quiet space where you're breathing together. So I am like, you know, all for it. I, I, someone asked me how early kids should be when they start doing yoga. And it's like, I think they kind of come into this world, you know, Mm. doing it, whether they're grabbing their toe or they're just laying there. It's that, Mm. that beautiful presence. So good. Yeah. It's really you know, obviously like when you have a kid, you think about all kinds of different things, <laughs> but it's, it's made me think with her just being that blob. I noticed if I take care of myself when I picked her up, maybe I was just being like mm. too weird about it. Like if I would like scoop her with, you know, that better intention and a better body position, she wouldn't, you know, cry or fidget or whatever. And when I would just pick her up, she like, you know, m- less mindful, less yoga parenting, style um i definitely got feedback like you know this is fine but this isn't as good as it could be so i love your whole theme and yoga parenting how you talk about connection and how you talk about you know really looking at all of these practices with connection as the goal and is that you know am i just making that up about about the theme of all of this stuff because it really feels like you know you're you you have so much experience and you're are delivering so much kind of information there, but it doesn't feel overwhelming because you're saying, connect, breathe, it's okay. (laughs) You know, is that kind of your overarching? Did you plan that? Or that's just how it feels when I'm taking it in? It is a lot of information. And that's definitely (laughs) I'm like, I like want to share everything with everybody all the time. I'm like, you know, here it is. Here is everything. So I'm glad that it you know, hopefully doesn't feel too overwhelming. I mean, you know, it's just going back to the root of Mm. yoga and the root of the word. And, you know, like um, Dr. Lauren Roche and the Radiant Sutras explains like how the Sanskrit language is engineered. And he talks about how one word is used to describe many different definitions, right? Like we Mm. would have different words for every single one of those, but it's one word. And yoga, the things that it's used to describe, it's really cool. It's like, a marriage, you know, yoking, right? We knew that when you're connecting like to a horse or to an oxen, 
Um, there's like an astrological conjunction, uh, a sum, like arithmetic sum, right? All these things. And when you look at them individually, you realize, oh, the through line is everything is about connection, conjunction, mm -hmm. coming together, coming together. So that to me is like, you know, that just, that, that made sense. And I, it's funny. Cause like when you take your first teacher training, like I remember being in my 200 and everyone's like the poses, you know, yoga is not the poses and you're like, sure, sure. And you say it. And then you repeat it in your classes for years, but it's, you know, I think it's really when you enter these big phases, whatever that may be. And, um, you know, it could be the death of somebody super close to you. It could be the birth of, you know, your child, those are the moments that you realize, oh, you know, this is what the yoga is. It's this moment. It's being fully present for whatever is happening. All of it, you know, even the most uncomfortable and, and challenging parts. Oh, so good. All right. Corny question, but again, selfish and I hope useful <laughs> for other people. But, but what's one thing that we can do, whether the moment is simple, just kind of hanging around in the day, working, whatever. Or maybe there's two things and kind of in the middle of a, oh, crap, this is really hard. And I'm noticing this is hard and I'm about to freak out or I've just freaked out or whatever. So are there different things or like, tell us what to do in these moments? <laughs> well, I'm hoping you'll tell me and then everybody <laughs> will tell me because <laughs> I am still very much learning. I mean, I, the other thing that's important, you know, that that I try to talk about in the book is that we're all so different, right? Mm -hmm. So like... You and I love movement where, I mean, that's what we do. We're, we're big movers, but maybe for someone else, it's the breath. And maybe for someone else, it's like a saying something out loud. And um, I think it really comes down to figuring out what your thing is. Mm. I mean, I can tell you what, what mine are, which is, you know, breath is big because I just don't breathe. I like mm. live on an exhale. I like, I don't I probably read that about you. I was like, this entire amazing. conversation, I've probably just been exhaling. Um, and that's very symbolic for my like push, you know, push <laughs> through life. So from, you know, taking the breath in the quieter moments, cause I don't often remember in the intense moments, I have to mm -hmm. be reminded it's like, you know, my, my husband's like, you know, back there, um, giving a thumbs up, but in the intense moments, when I do catch myself, then I do movement of some kind. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, shaking out your arm, turning your head, mm -hmm. go for a walk, you know, obviously we can't always leave the the premises when you have multiple kids, you can't just be like, bye. And like, you know, go for a walk around the block, but you can shake your hands out, you know, do a couple spinal rolls, just something for me. That's like, that's one of the better ways when I'm feeling activated to, to bring me back to balance. Oh, so good. I love all of that. And I'm going to do all of that because <laughs> some of them, I mean, my thing is just, I'll soften my body and breathe and notice how I feel. And that does it. But I think there's something, maybe it's mental of knowing that there's like a little choice box up above. You can be like, I select this now, or I select mantra. And like, I haven't really gone to mantra in times like this. And I think it's just a great reminder of all the different choices and how, you know, there is so much information. And that's great because you just have, you know, a buffet really <laughs> presented in yoga parenting to work with. So thank you. Well, I want to also say thank you to you because after our conversation, you talked so much about body position and it wasn't mm -hmm. something that I'd ever 
really consciously thought of. I mean, intuitively, I knew to get down to, to my toddler's level, like if there's a meltdown and not like hover over him. You know, I, I knew from adjusting students, right, like just where to stand and how to position yourself. But since we talked, I've been much more aware of like opening myself up to certain people, mm. being able to kind of close <laughs> off the energy when need to. I had to use that this morning, trying to get out oh, the door yeah. from uh, my my kids' preschool. And, you know, but and and most importantly with my kids too, I, I hadn't really thought about what you were saying with Daisy, but how I pick up Jacob, my baby, mm-hmm. he 1000%, if I'm like off, you know, my brain is like completely left the building and mm-hmm. I'm picking him up and you can feel that he feels unstable. There's crying mm-hmm. versus when I get really grounded and, and pay mm-hmm. attention to that. So that's a wonderful one that I added to my toolkit. Thanks to you. Oh my gosh. You're amazing. Uh, okay. Everybody needs to get a copy of the yoga parenting. I've got it like bookmarked already with like some of these, these other quotes, this one about, um, Will- William Martin has in here, mm. show them the joy of tasting tomatoes, apples, and pears, show them how to cry when pets and people die. I mean, come on, that's, you know, so much permission there because just the simplicity that you remind us also, it's like, yeah, you can check the boxes and do these things, but just being there and doing the nothing things are so beautiful too. So thank you so much for all of this. Thank you. And I think that's a good reminder for us for summer to go because this is my first summer of like camps, which is a whole separate podcast (laughs) and like how (laughs) to stay calm when you have to move your kid every week for two weeks, you know, and then like even getting into camps. But it is a lovely reminder that like, it doesn't have to be this perfect you know, the mat is rolled out and you're all doing yoga together. Like it's just very simply being together and in, in these really simple, it's the in-betweens, I call them, you know, those in-between moments. So good. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I'm really excited to to get through the rest of the book and, you know, more important, do the things. <laughs> so thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, Tara. Thank you so much. Okay. So I have Miss Daisy here. We've just talked to Sarah Ezrin. She's a mama too. She wrote this book, The Yoga of Parenting, helping us all be better parents, make good connections. What do you think? Feeling good? Feeling fresh? (laughs) Deep breaths. Should we take a big inhale together? Big inhale. Long exhale. You want to do that? Yes. Now that we've had a deep breath, we feel better always. All right. See you soon. <laughs>